So did you know that you could be connected in your relationships based on toxic emotions? Emotions like fear, feeling guilty, or even pity towards another person can be bonding you in that relationship. If you're wondering if you're actually connecting with real love or toxic emotions, you want to watch this video. I'm going to go into detail and train more on toxic emotions versus healthy emotions and relationship bonds. Toxic versus healthy relationship bonds. We're going to talk about bond when you're bonding in a relationship. And there are um, just to know the difference between toxic emotional bonds and healthy relationship bonds. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, we're going to have ask rainy we're going to have q a today and we're going to also have a wonderful talk with my husband patrick howard he's going to join us later on and we're going to interview him and ask him some questions about some of the stuff we're talking about but we're about to get into this message hello hello everyone hello everyone watching give me some hearts today is all about toxic versus healthy relationship bonds i see your hearts hello hello love you you guys thank you for joining us today be sure to type in your questions because questions will come up and we want to make sure we get to your questions in a good timely manner we're going to go ahead and get started now again today's title today's message is toxic versus healthy relationship bonds when it comes to relationships there are things that connect people to each other think about your relationships as we're you know having this discussion I want you to start thinking about the relationships you have and the connections you have in those relationships what is connecting you in that relationship I want y'all to start analyzing start thinking about what is connecting you in your relationships you know there are some times where you may be emotionally connected but the emotions may not come from a healthy space so I want to talk about some toxic emotions that could be connecting you in your relationships. Here's some examples. Are you connected through guilt? Do you feel guilty about something? And that guilt is what connects you in that relationship. Are you connected because of pity? Do you feel sorry for that person? Do you feel bad for that person? Some of the things they tell you, it makes you pity them. That can be an emotional connection. If you are feeling that pity or that guilt, you may not realize that that is the bond that you have in that relationship. And you may think it's love, but if you really analyze that relationship, you will find what's behind that relationship is a strong emotional connection with that if there's an underlining of guilt pity fear and sometimes boredom so let me break it down there are some people who are connected in relationships because they are afraid of being lonely so the fear of loneliness is what ties them to that relationship so you want to ask yourself am i connected 
in a healthy way through healthy emotions or are they toxic emotions that are connecting you in your relationships? Is it fear? Think of, ask yourself, if you're not in a healthy space in yourself, if you're not in an exciting space in your life, if you're not in a freeing, joyful space in your life, you could be connecting in certain relationships and these connections are emotional connections that could be toxic. Let's just become a little transparent with our realities and what's behind the relationships that you're connected to. Is there guilt? Do you feel guilty? Um, or healthy emotions. Let's talk about some healthy emotions. See, you really want to come from a healthy emotional space when it comes to your relationships. You want to enjoy your relationships because they bring joy in your life because you're already a joyful person. And when you're around those people, they just emphasize that and they, they confirm the joy that's within you or the excitement for life that is within you or the gratitude for life that is within you. See, these these are healthy connections, healthy emotional connections that you want to begin to grow and feed on. You have to understand the emotional connection that you have that's tied to that relationship. There are some people, both men and women, that are in relationships because they are afraid of how the other person may feel if they end it. So they're sticking with it. They don't know how to say no. They don't know how to put boundaries in place and let them know, let that person know this is not working. So that fear has them in bondage. I want you to think about that. Think about some of these things because you may be dealing with this. And I want you guys to begin to analyze your relationships and what is it that is connecting you? What's connecting you to these relationships? So here, here's how we're going to deal with it. First and foremost, you need to become intentional about listening. You hear me talking about using your intuition. You hear me talking about discernment and being able to discern things. Listen, pay attention to not only what they're saying and what they're doing, but how it's making you feel and what is it behind it? How do you feel? Do you feel bad? Do you pity that person? Do you feel sorry for that person? Because listen, if you are feeling sorry, if you are pitying them, that's not something that is going to empower them to be better. When you actually pity people, that's something you can attract in yourself because you're looking at them like, oh, they're sad. They're in a bad place. They're in a bad situation. Whether they are or not, you got to believe the best for them. You got to see the best for them. You got to see them as being stronger than that. If they feel like they're struggling, they, you know, going through something and and woe is me and they have this sad story and they keep telling you this sad story if you keep reinforcing that victim mindset in them and you keep believing it and you're feeding it well they're dealing with this well they are you know toxic towards me well but it's because of how they were raised or it's because of where they came from and so you are allowing it to go on and on you are feeding that victimization and it's only getting worse 
You are feeding the pity thoughts that you think, the guilt and all of that. And it's tying you and connecting you even stronger to that relationship and making it very, very difficult for you to walk away. So I want you to analyze those things. I want you to analyze why is it that I know this person is toxic, but I keep being in this friendship. That's what I had to ask myself years ago in this friendship that I had where I was talking to this person every single day on the phone, drama field, all kind of stuff, gossip, just negative. And I kept on feeling like this is not the relationship or the friendship that I wish to have. Why do I continue to allow it? And I had to get real with myself. I had to get real with what it was that I was connecting to. Oh, I felt sorry for her. Oh, I felt like, well, maybe, you know, I can help or whatever. But no, you're not helping her by feeling sorry. You're not helping that person by feeling sorry for them. You, you're only encouraging more of what it is they're doing. So I just want to encourage you today to just be more intentional about your relationships. Be more intentional. Listen more. Be more aware of you and the other person. Because a lot of times it's easy for us to look at the other person and find the issues and the flaws, but we ignore where we come in. So we got to get real today, y'all. Get real. Give me some hearts. Get, type in the comments. I'm getting real today. We getting real today. It's all about getting real. We're going to get down to the real deal issues for today get real get real get real i want you guys to go ahead and type in your questions because we're about to do ask rainy q a some of you have some questions someone asked a question about why is it hard for them to accept change when it comes to being in a toxic relationship i'm going to answer that question very very soon so i want you guys to type in your questions but before i answer that question i want to talk about the book for today today <laughs> addicted to pain renew your mind and heal your spirit from a toxic relationship in 30 days best-selling book i wrote this book to help people who are in toxic relationships to heal I basically was born into a toxic relationship. My mom and dad were in a toxic relationship. I saw things as a young child. I learned a lot. I've even, you know, when I got old enough to start dating, got into some toxic relationships. I became a people pleaser, wanting approval of others. And so I wrote this book so that people can heal and be free of toxic relationships and thrive and even attract loving, healthy relationships in their life so you want to get that book and you can get it at realloveexists.com you can get it for 20% off when you type in the daily word all right let's get to this question because we got some good questions you guys are typing in your question I'm going to answer this question she says why is it so hard for me to accept change in a toxic relationship? So the person that emailed me this question, she's struggling. She told me that she was struggling, you know, with accepting love. And then she seemed to push people away. And then it's hard for her to accept change. One of the reasons why it's very difficult to accept change and to accept the fact that you need to end a toxic relationship or move forward, it has a lot to do with fear and familiarity you familiar with that 
relationship. You're familiar with that energy. You're familiar with the behavior of that relationship. So to get out of it, it's like becoming another person. It's like accepting you outside of the toxic energy. So it's a change that needs to happen from within. And until it happened within, until you work on you, until you work on your healing, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be difficult. But when you commit to heal your mind, body, and spirit, you will be so ready for the change, for the blessings, for the abundance, for the real love, because you're going to be aligned with it. But it's all about you doing that work. All right. So what we got? We got some questions. The question is, how do you detox from a toxic relationship? Very good question. Baby steps. (laughs) Baby steps. It starts with working on you. The more you work on you, the more you feed yourself with positivity, the more you work on your mind, body and spirit, the more you connect with who you are as one with God and love and joy and peace and prosperity. The more that toxic relationship is just going to be so unbearable. You're just not going to like it. it. It's just going to be not you. And when you are in that place, it becomes more easier to release. And and what it is, you just evolve into a better you. And so one way that I would say to start with detoxing, and I actually talk about this in the book, Addicted to Pain, is to begin to limit your time with that person. If you're always around them, you're you're always talking to them. They have so much of you. You give them so much of your time and your energy. It's going to be very difficult to detox. It's just like detoxing from unhealthy foods. You have to remove them out of your meals, right? And and a lot of, you know, health doctors and nutritionists, they tell you, you know, to slowly wean yourself, off if you're constantly drinking soda all day and you're drinking like five cups of soda you want to go down to three you know if you're used to talking to that toxic person for two hours a day you want to limit it down to maybe you know 30 minutes or you know just kind of you know you're talking to them but you keeping it short you you kind of finding other things to fill your space with so I have another question. Um, she said, when someone loves me, I tend to push them away. And she wants to know why is she pushing away love? I think, again, it's fear. I think it comes from fear. I think it comes from not wanting to be hurt. So you're protecting yourself. What will help you is, like I said, the more you do that inner work, the more you tap more into your intuition and you can trust your decisions. See, a lot of people don't even trust their own judgment. They don't trust that, you know, they're going to make the right decision. So they don't even allow love in because they think, oh, I might mess it up or I might do something wrong or I might get too close too soon. And so they don't even trust that they'll make the right decision and they're not really comfortable with getting in tune with what's best for them. So I think it's very important that you really connect with who you are as a person. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to invite my husband, Patrick Howard, to join us because I know I have some questions for him. And some of you, as you getting your questions ready, we're going to go ahead and bring him on board. 
Hello, hello, hello. Here as he come. Come on in. <laughs> hey, welcome. Thanks for enjoying having me come. Yeah, yeah, Inviting yeah. Inviting me in. Yeah, you're here. <laughs> Oh, we have a question. What do you do? I see it vaguely. Mm. She said, what do you do when a guy uses you for money and turns on you when you ask for it back? Mm. Wow. You want to answer that? Well, I think that um, when you think about lending money and and, and things like that, uh, I think it's tied to the purpose in which you gave the uh, the funds in, in the first place. You know, I think there are opportunities where people um, can manipulate and use you to, to get your resources so that they can do it for their own benefit. you got to be in tune with the reason that you're giving in the first place. Once you understand why you're giving those funds, then you can disconnect yourself and have no, no true expectations of, of getting it back, even directly, you know, from that person. Because if you're giving from a, a, a heart of gratitude and you truly, you know, want to give it, then ultimately those funds will come back to you. But I do think you should uh, be watchful and guard um, your finances to make sure that you're not giving from a, uh, a place where you really don't want to. I think you should be a cheerful giver whenever you are giving and, and really have, you know, that heart of charity when you're doing it. And mm -hmm. not be from a place of, of lack or a place of frustration, you know, just yeah. in case it don't come back directly when you want it. Yeah, and I think it should be a lesson learned. I think one of the biggest things you can do is to go back and analyze that situation and even ask yourself, what led me to give? And if it was to happen again, how would I do this differently? Yeah. How would I make a different decision in regards to loaning money or giving money or whatever in a relationship with someone, you know, I don't know how committed you were in that relationship or how long you've been with that person, but for them to turn on you, I think sometimes we see little warning signs in the beginning. And even when we gave the money, we probably had some emotions behind it where we felt like, mm, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do yeah. it. Mm, but you feel like, oh, but he really needed, he asked, and I'm going to help, you know. So pay attention to the emotions behind it. Pay attention to how you're feeling because we can learn so much about ourselves and how to make better decisions. I think the best thing for you to do now is to forgive the past and learn from it. And just own where you are right now and know that you are not who you were right, and that right. you are getting better and better. And so just going forward, you know, that would be a really, really good thing to yeah. do just to be able to heal and not have to deal with that again, not have to repeat that same situation in your life. Yep. So, yeah. So, Patrick, we talked about toxic emotions and relationships being bonded and connected due to these toxic emotions of feeling guilty, feeling pity, you know, pitying people or whatever. What would you say women should look out when, when it comes to knowing a man is really for her and loving her? What are some signs that she can be aware that this man truly does love her versus, you know, he's not using her or coming across as feeling pity for him or whatever a sign that you can look out for to know that a man is really there for you is the fact that they're they're uh listening to you 
they're listening to you, they're in tune with what you like, what you desire, and their their willingness to work with you on accomplishing those goals. I think oftentimes, you know, men are are inundated with ideas and roles and responsibilities. And at the same time, the willingness for them to take a step back from some of their priorities and say, you know, how are you feeling? How are you doing? That, to me, is an indication that they care. Right. Versus him coming in, having a laundry list full of things that went wrong in his life and all the exes that did him wrong and his parents. And sometimes those are warning signs that he's coming to you from a victim mindset. So he's coming to you wanting you to feel bad or wanting you to feel pity or guilt so that you can give him something or do something from him for him. Don't you think that's kind of a sign too if he's coming in as this broken man who yeah. seeming to be so neat and always have an excuse yeah. for why he can't hold his end of the ball. Yeah, and I think that goes back to what you was talking about earlier about victimhood and being a victim mm -hmm. and things like that you know ultimately when you operate as a victim you feel like things are out of your control you know like it is what it is and there's nothing you can do about it and when you've been faced with so many challenges and if you view life in that way like there are there's no way for you to overcome it that you know and all these things are going on and you just have to deal with it then you kind of give your power away you give the power that God put inside you to create and to reproduce so many different things in your life by saying that I have no control. It is what it is, you know, and this is just how things are. And this is how my past has been. This is what I've seen. And, and, you know. and, and even like being able to see him as a giver, because it's a way that he he don't have to make a whole lot of money to be a giver. Mm -hmm. You know, he can be a giver by going and picking you up or getting you gas or, you know, gassing up your car or washing your car or, you know, just doing things to be helpful yeah that that's another thing just to to know that i don't have to get anything from you i want to give to you isn't that also something that's important yeah i mean there's more ways to give than than just monetary you know you can give of your time you can give in so many different ways so i don't think that it, there's a limitation on that i do think that there are um uh, multiple ways that people can operate they can be uh, they can operate as a victim they can operate as a consumer or they can be a producer and one of the ways that I look at it as sometimes people and I've already spoke on being a victim but sometimes people are just in a place where they feel like they there isn't enough yeah like they don't have enough like mm -hmm. they need more, they need more education, they need more training. Well, I didn't see this or I, I'm not in an environment where I have a mentor or I've never seen this growing up. So I feel like I need more. And you're always in a place where if you feel like you're not enough, that you don't have enough, you're going to always be in a place where you feel yeah. like you need and you're yeah. never going to progress. You say, you know what? God has already put in me what I need. And all I need to really do is activate that thing in me. Yeah. And even even some of my viewers, a lot of my readers, you know, they go through divorce, toxic marriages, cheating spouses and things like that. Another thing, a cheating spouse, if they really want to work on the relationship, if they really want to heal whatever has happened, 
don't you think they need to own what they did and not make excuses for it? Isn't that a big part of it too? Yeah. For step one is uh, admitting. Admit it. Admit it. If you can admit where you where you went wrong, you know, I think that's the first step in order to correct uh, any mistake that you have made. And the thing about it is, you know, I think sometimes it's it's easy to look at big mistakes and big issues. But really, I think we hold ourselves hostage to some of the decisions that we've made in the past. And we don't even trust ourselves to make decisions going forward. We think about past experiences and say, when I did this back then, this will happen. So I don't know if I can do it like that. You know, I don't know if I can really take this next step. And you can really hold yourself back. So are you saying that's that's how, for instance, a man could be looking at the situation? Yeah, yeah. Your thought process, his thought process can be like, oh, the last time I did this, this will happen. So let me not get too close. Let me let me take my time. Let me be watchful and then not just not being open to trust in a relationship and trust the process of growth together. Is an issue. Yes, yes, yes. It's getting deep. Okay, so guys, do we have any questions before we wrap it up? What do you do when a person is verbally abusive only when they have been drinking? So they're not verbally abusive when they're not drinking, when they're sober, but they are when they are drinking. I think that sounds like you're dealing with the alcoholic and someone who needs to get some help because the alcohol is causing them you know, be toxic towards you, to be verbally abusive. Any abuse is abuse. That should be a standard for you, for your health. If you're going to be in a relationship with this person, they need to get some help. Yeah, and, and it's definitely something to be addressed, you know, especially when you you recognize that this is something that only occurs when they're intoxicated. I do believe that when people say things, there are underlining beliefs that they have, whether they say it while they're intoxicated or they don't say it. Those are things that they may believe or may have been dealing with, whether they vocalized it or not. So I think it's definitely something to be addressed to communicate while that person is sober so that they can do the necessary inner work to kind of address those things. Definitely address it. Definitely. We want to thank you guys for joining us today on the Rainy Howard Show. We also want to invite you to be sure to share the video, tag the video, send me your comments, send me your questions. We're, we're loving this engagement. Be sure to join us every Monday and Friday at 1130 a.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for watching. And we will see you next time.